0: From World Radio, this is Double Take. I'm Les Sillars. Season two is almost here. The first full episode comes out one week from today. Here's a preview of just some of the stories we have lined up. First, the feeling of presence. This is the defining quality of the metaverse.
1: I told him if you even even if you cut each part of my body. You're not able to separate
0: Jesus from me. Imagine if you could plug your brain into a machine that would bring you ultimate pleasure for the rest of your life. These are the videos
1: Iran doesn't want you to see.
0: There was like a month straight when I was 17 that I got shot in my dreams like every single night. And every single night I was aware that I was dreaming and it was terrifying. If you're new to the show, here's a brief intro. Double Take is journalism plus storytelling informed by a biblical worldview. Stories about real people encountering big ideas. So, this season we have stories about an Albanian woman caught in a blood feud, a Christian who helps people die well, a young man just trying to get a good night's sleep, a church trying to bring the gospel into virtual reality, and more. In the past, in the Middle Ages, death was um, preparation to meet God. Now death is just a matter of existential angst. It's all about no boundaries whatsoever. Um, People are left up to whatever their mind can imagine. And then it was his job to keep us for two weeks, take all of our money, and then he would have to kill us. Double Take, Season 2, from World Radio, is available now, wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following us this spring, you've heard our first two single takes. We hope you've enjoyed them. Some of the topics in our upcoming Season 2 are pretty heavy, so for our last single take this year, we have something a little more lighthearted. Here it is. I think a lot of people have been blindsided at least once, taken completely off guard. Looking back, we can see, yeah, that was predictable. But at the time, we're thinking, I did not see that coming.
1: So I was 17, you know, and I thought I was all that in a bag of donuts. Um, And I was ready
0: to go out in the world. This is Rachel Cochran, one of our correspondents for season one of Double Take. Rachel grew up in Southern California in a very loving and conservative homeschooling family. Her mom used to cover her eyes when they went into Blockbuster, but she would sneak peeks at the reflections of the video cases in the windows. In September of 2017, Rachel was a high school senior. She had just started a long distance relationship with a young man she met through debate.
1: I had my first boyfriend. His name, uh, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> He had a name, (laughs) and it was a good one, too.
0: (laughs) We decided for this story not to name Rachel's boyfriend. Why you ask? Well, he didn't do anything wrong, exactly. And when I was 18, nobody mistook me for someone with great judgment. Yeah, I hope that explains it. Anyway, in the fall of 2017, this young man had gone off for his first year at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs.
1: And so we had this very very serious relationship of all of two months at that point somewhere around there and um i was very like wow this is it you know this is life this is experiencing the romance and the intrigue and i remember having a conversation with my mom and she was driving me to my babysitting house because i didn't have my license yet she was like, "And hey, Rachel, I just wanted to talk to you about, um, about your boyfriend. Um, I think when you see him next, you know, um, young men and women, he may want to, um, you know, make some, take to the next step. I was like, what are you saying? And she was like, he might want to kiss you. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. That's that's not going to happen. Like, definitely
0: not. She's driving you somewhere to go babysit. Yeah. And she's giving you the talk.
1: The talk. The closest, actually, we ever got to the talk. A lot of things were implied. Yeah, and I think she was trying to prepare me. And I didn't want to hear it (laughs) at all. Whatsoever. Then I was on the phone that later that night or around that time maybe a few days later and that's when my boyfriend said we're having an air force ball and it's this big um, event it's going to be big and fancy and so then he was like you could come and visit and we could go to the ball and i was like whoa this sounds great
0: and to this point how much time have you actually spent in each other's physical company
1: about a week (laughs) um because we had a week before we had decided we were madly in love then he left and i was having these visions of grandeur and i said oh i'd love to come and my mom was not about to let me just waltz off to colorado springs and go to a ball with the boy she doesn't really know that well like she didn't have any problems with him but she didn't know him so she's like i'll come with you and i was like okay i'll allow it It was like the last weekend of September, and I was so excited about it. I was like, this is going to be the peak of my existence. You know, it's gonna be this epic, romantic, like Romeo, Juliet sort of vision of they see each other across the dance floor, and they're like, you know, come across, and they meet each other, and they gaze into each other's eyes, and it's like, oh, wow, amazing. Yeah, we flew in uh, to Denver, I think, and then we drove. And we met up with him at the Air Force Academy. And the first manner of business was to get dinner. And so we went to Panda Express. We thought we would be really sneaky. And we were sitting in the back seat of the car and my mom's driving, right? Very romantic. And and we were holding hands and we thought she didn't notice. We're very serious. We've been together for two months. And I think too, both of us had this idea of like The goal is to date someone and just marry them as soon as possible without little consideration of if you even want to marry them or even if you want to date them. I don't think either of us knew what we should be looking for. And so we were just very focused on getting as serious as possible, as fast as possible.
0: Where do you think that came from?
1: I think a lot of it is because we misunderstood our very traditional upbringing because I always heard like date seriously when you date someone, don't just date them because it's fun to date people. Don't just get really wrapped up in romance because it's fun, but date intentionally. And I thought that meant, you know, you date someone, you get a ring. And then we get to Panda, you know, and we're all like, we're holding hands underneath the table. And my mom's kind of like, I could tell she was trying not to laugh. Um, And then we got fortune cookies. It was really weird. It said, a distant friendship will soon become more promising. And I was like, okay. He had a friend and she had a concussion and no one was bringing her food and she was kind of all alone and isolated. So we were gonna get her dinner.
0: So she was also an Air Force cadet.
1: Yeah. So she lived in Cobra, which was two squads above his, um, and his was Dirty Dozen, um, and they're like in floors, the squads are. And so we got her to go, uh, food to go, and then we drove back to the Air Force Academy, and then my mom just dropped us off and was like, I'm just going to sit here in the car, five minutes, you just go in, drop off the food, come back out. So we're like, great. We walk in, we climb up the stairs, we meet her in the hallway. And then I remember like him literally handing it to her. And then all of a sudden this person starts running around the hallway um, yelling, lockdown, lockdown, there's an active shooter on base. And we were like, whoa, uh-oh. But it's a military. Um, so we thought it was just a drill because they have crazy drills like this all the time. Um, So he then dropped down to his room with me um, to get his stuff. It's like they have like a chest and then they have a bunk bed and then they have a desk and that's it. There's like nothing else. And he had two roommates, Nick and Solo. And obviously Solo's not his real name. And then he had Frank, who was a friend. And Frank kind of just hung around um, all the time. So we walk in and my boyfriend grabs his stuff. And then we're right about to leave and all of a sudden their phones blow up with these notifications that all say, um, there's an active shooter on base. This is not a drill. Everyone needs to go in lockdown.
0: We continue to track a News 5 alert this evening. Uh, Reports of an active shooter situation on the U.S. Air Force Academy grounds right now. And the El Paso County Sheriff's Office just tweeted within the last few minutes that both their personnel and military personnel on the base are investigating this situation right now
1: the official air force so they close the door they barricade it with all of their chests so they stack them on top of each other they turn off the lights they close the window and the blinds they push the bunk beds forward um and then uh at first they were like what do we do with her (laughs) you're not supposed to be here. What do we do with you? So then my boyfriend's like, "Uh, we'll put her underneath the desk. So my first position was underneath this desk. Four men and Rachel. Then they were like, ah, what we should do is we should all lay on the ground. So then I found myself laying flat on the ground next to my boyfriend and his roommates and their friend in the dark. Having no idea what's going on. My mom had no idea what was going on because I didn't have my phone on me. And also, we were all trying to be as quiet as possible because we thought that like there could be anyone walking through the halls who was just trying to take us out. My boyfriend was able to text my mom and tell her that I was okay. Um, And then everyone started telling their loved ones um, that they loved them and like saying their last goodbyes. It was really weird.
0: There's a live look right now at the uh, south gate, and as you can see there, uh, emergency personnel going through. My boyfriend uh, left
1: a message on his mom's phone, uh but most of them just texted, and some of them would just leave like a quiet voice message. And then we all gathered together and prayed. I've never seen cadets more scared in my life. (laughs) Like, just shaken, and everyone was just terrified. There was this weird feeling of finality to it, like, whoa this could be it and then like everyone got bored really quickly which is weird to say but there was nothing to do so honestly like some of them started playing halo and stuff with earbuds and texting and stuff as long as it didn't um make a sound
0: and you couldn't hear anything else from anywhere else in the building.
1: So after like a first hour or two, we started hearing these really loud bangs. And we were like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then the girl that we took in food to earlier, so she's two floors above us, right? in And she texted us and said, they're kicking down my door, they're coming for me. And so it was like, that's the last thing she says. She's like silent, you know? And we're like, oh my gosh, I think she just died. And then the bangs get louder and they get more frequent. And then the boys are all on their phones, right? And they get notifications saying like, they've hacked into the main announcement system. Don't trust anyone who doesn't use this code before they communicate. They're like, there's these videos circulating around with these men dressed all in black holding these huge guns walking around. And they're by themselves, which is what is really suspicious is they're not supposed to be by themselves. There's like a code where you're supposed to walk with another person if you're working security or something. It's the buddy system. There were also messages. I remember one of them was like, I'm in A-Hall and there's blood everywhere and there's bodies on the ground. We were like, okay, this is um, this is this is getting really serious. This is getting intense. Outside these gates, it's completely closed down. Everyone told to shelter in place. Our Matt Pritchard, again, he's at the. north And we thought we we thought that something was going to happen, very bad, very bad, it was going to happen.
0: <laughs> so what happened next?
1: So especially right after we hadn't heard from our friend for a while. And we're all sitting there and it just kind of set in where we were like, this is real. They're here. Except that's when Frank goes, I got to pee.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we were like, oh, no. No. Prank. Why? Because the bathroom's down the hallway. We're not about to let him go down the hallway. And we're like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And, but he's like, I really got to go. And we're like, come on, man. <laughs> and so then it was, it was either, I think it was Solo. I'm pretty sure it was Solo. Um, and he's like, well, I have this styrofoam cup that had hot chocolate in it. And it doesn't anymore, I drink it. So if you want, you can use it. <laughs> and I was like, not only do I have to tell my mom that like my life was in jeopardy, but I also got to tell my mom that I was in this room and a man like peed in a cup. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I was like, this is more of the world than I wanted to experience. <laughs> I was like... So then Frank um, gets the cup and he goes in the corner. And then my boyfriend at that point, he had been holding my hand. He like scooted closer to me. And then like Frank had walked all the way to the corner of the room at that point. And then my boyfriend, he kind of like starts kissing my hand and then like he kisses my cheek and I was like, oh yeah. Sweet, he's concerned for me. He's trying to comfort me. I was like, oh, I appreciate that. And then Frank, uh, in the corner, meanwhile, unzips his pants. And you can hear this loud, like, zoop. Um, <laughs> and we're like, oh. And I'm thinking about uh, trying to not think about Frank. And then my boyfriend leans in closer. And then Frank um, tinkles in the corner. <laughs> and, um, and then my boyfriend kisses me. Uh and, and then Frank, like, sighs, and he's like, oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, Like, 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 my boyfriend just kissed me, like, kissed me, like, full on contact kissed me. On the lips. On the lips. And then there was an encore. Um. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, my mom was right. But then, on top of that, like, I was listening to this man <laughs> I was like, I was not prepared for this. And I didn't know, I was just in shock. I was like, I, what is going on? Like, this is not supposed to happen. You know, people have the awkward first kiss story. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. But it's things like, you know, we leaned in and we didn't know how to kiss or it was
0: like wet or something. Or where, maybe you got your braces caught. Oh, work, yeah, yeah, know. yeah.
1: No, I and I did not expect it to be in like a life or death situation with a man peeing in the corner. That's just not something they tell young women to expect. <laughs> I almost had this moment of like stepping, like a third-person moment, of just stepping outside the scene and looking up at God and being like, who's writing this? Like, who's writing this (laughs) script? Like I would like to talk to the directors, please, because it's bad. (laughs) It's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. And we looked around. (laughs) and No one noticed. They were completely, like, I think the guy next to us was playing Halo, and the guy over there, I think, was trying to sleep. It it was like, I was kind of disappointed. Like, I wanted the world to stop in awe, and no one did.
0: I'll just summarize the rest of the night. It was about 3 a.m. by this point. Rachel and the four cadets waited in their room a few more hours. Then they got texts from the academy commander giving the all-clear. The the lockdown has been lifted. No shooter has been found. The security sweep is completed. The all-clear has been given. So they came out of the room. Rachel's boyfriend and another cadet took her back to her mom. Her mom had spent the night in her car right next to the Air Force Academy football team. They spent the night on the floor of the team bus. Rachel found out later that, apparently, The whole thing started when a Nerf gun battle at the academy's prep school mistakenly prompted a call to security. A couple of guards sent to investigate broke protocol on their way back and walked across campus by themselves instead of as a pair. The security videos picked up armed individuals and that set off alarms. Police from around the region, including SWAT teams, rushed to the campus. And at some point in there, some cadets decided to pull a prank.
1: they spread a lot of misinformation you know don't trust anyone unless they have the code blue or something like that i'm up on the roof and i can see the active shooters and just like don't trust the announcement system they're in there and at first it was like there's one shooter no there's three shooters no there's a whole squad of shooters you know
0: and those bangs they heard and their panicked friends saying they're banging on my door those were senior cadets trying to tell the junior cadets that there were no shooters
1: They were trying to tell all of us that it was fine, which is, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a massive case of miscommunication.
0: And the next night, Rachel and her boyfriend went to the ball. They had a nice time. I don't know. It's kind of a dumb question, I guess, but did you learn anything from this?
1: Oh, so much. See, I learned that it turns out my mom knows something. (laughs) And so when she's trying to prepare me for something, maybe I should kind of listen more to it and take it more to heart but I I learned kind of how I process crazy situations is I go immediately into this sort of idealistic universe. Like if something happens that shouldn't happen, then I just sort of build what I wanna see instead and decide to live as if that's the truth. yeah, my life's just starting. Like I'm ready to get out there and go and like get started and let's go. And then to have the prospect of all that just ending, like I thought about what my funeral would look like, where my parents would have to get up and talk about how I only lived to the age of 17 and then I died because I visited my boyfriend at the Air Force Academy and then there was a shooter. And I just hated that. I hated the idea of my life being so small and so incomplete. And I just couldn't fathom that because I had to be bigger than that.
0: Rachel says that that first kiss should not have surprised her so much.
1: And that was the crazy thing is how could I not see that coming? Because it was this intense moment of we don't know if we will live until tomorrow and so we're gonna be here together in love Uh, (laughs) you know and so because it was distance, and we knew we only got to see each other for two days the stakes were really high um and we knew that we were gonna make the most out of it so like looking back i don't know how i could have refused to think about it and refused to accept it as a possibility i think i just didn't want to
0: do you think it was going through his mind at the time what if i die without ever having kissed rachel
1: he could have been thinking that i think he probably was he also probably could have been thinking like i can't die before i've kissed anyone
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how did it ever end with you and this young man oh
1: Well, we did not stay together forever. (laughs) We did not get married. We were together for two years, though. It was still a fairly serious relationship. And we had a lot of other very fun adventures. Yeah, we just kind of grew apart after two years. And he was off at the Air Force and I was, you know, off at school then. And we just didn't match anymore.
0: So was it only in hindsight that it began to seem kind of strange?
1: Oh, it wasn't until I think we broke up that I reconsidered how weird it was. I saw it as very romantic and epic and wonderful. And then only after I started distancing myself from the relationship years later, did I start reconsidering like how appropriate it was and if i would have done it differently yeah i I think it's a great story and i'm kind of really happy it happened to me but uh i would not recommend it for every you know first relationship to start off that way
0: sound advice
1: rachel (laughs) you know very wise (laughs) thank you yeah thank you
0: I'm Les Sillars, and I reported and produced this single take. Produced with the help of the creative team at World Radio. Thanks for joining us. Again, Season 2 of Double Take starts up again in one week. Here's a quick preview of the first episode. I just thought
1: I wanna contact prisoners because I feel like they're the loneliest people I could think of and they have time on
0: their hands. Really dreaming because I kind of felt a presence in the room and I looked up and, and then he put duct tape over our uh, eyes and mouth. White he's taken off. This man who had seemed so scary to me a few minutes before was now crying in my kitchen, dearies has tricked people for a long time, and I don't think he's done. Please do follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. The more people who do that, the easier it is for others to find us. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.